What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, let me me talk about talk. Here we go. Uh. How he said he living life as a gringo. Where you question, where you fit, and every time you mingle. They say you do this with not enough that. My rapping is really bad. (laughs) This life as a gringo. Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo. I am Dramos, of course. It is Thursday, so that means we have our Thursday Trends episode. And my guest this week is a professional dancer and actress and host of Black Dad on LATV, my LATV sister, Melanie Centeno. How you feeling? It's good to see you. Hey, how you doing? Good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year while it's still uh, acceptable to say Happy New Year. Why would it not be acceptable to say Happy New Year? Because, you know, there's like that time period where it's like, okay, like we, it's already the New Year. You got to get over saying Happy New Year to people. You know what I mean? So there's like that weird in-between stage where it goes on for too long. Oh, I see. I think for me, I don't give a fuck if I saw you in May, if I haven't seen <laughs> December, I'm gonna say happy new year. Oh, see, that's that's a little extra right there. If it's already like the middle of the year, you gotta save that for, for next year. Hopefully, you get them <laughs> at the top of next year. <laughs> oh, yeah, happy new year. Well, listen, Melanie, as we always do on Thursdays, I want to break down some trending stories from this last week. I mean, we're gonna get into man, New Year's, and we'll we'll talk resolutions, we'll talk uh the sad New Year's um celebration that they had for Puerto Rico. And in our Mijente segment, we'll celebrate some good news some people doing some work and that includes man an update on the truck driver who got the 110 year sentence uh we have some good news in that case as well as an act signed by president biden which is um in in response to something terrible that happened to our community and he's definitely at least helping things move in the right direction just a heads up no ask a gringo for today's show nothing just kind of felt relevant as far as a question to ask but We really are going to dive into these stories and the conversations around them. So let's kind of start off um, with a bit of a deep dive into some of the nonsense that we've seen uh, over the last week. And we'll do that in a segment we call for the people in the back. Say a lot for the people in the back. All 
obviously we we started with with New Year's. Let's let's first and foremost. Do you have a New Year's resolution that you have made for yourself this year? I don't do New Year's resolutions. Okay. What what's the 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 purpose behind? I know some people you know don't don't mess with New Year's resolutions. What's your your mindset for that? I find that like you make a New Year's resolution and mm. then you might stick to it for a couple of weeks. Like it's kind of redundant to always every year have a goal set for yourself that you don't necessarily follow through with. Sure. So for me, I just generally have goals mm-hmm. and then I break my goals up into smaller goals. Yep. And then wherever they fall on the timeline, they're going to fall on the timeline. And if they happen to fall in the new year. Right. Because I think also people we use like this new year as a new beginning and I get it. Yeah. But like time doesn't work that way. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so it doesn't matter when you start your resolutions or whatever right. you can decide in May and it doesn't matter if you started in January. No, I mean, that makes, it sounds to me first and foremost that you're just a big fan of the month of May. Also that that's like your, uh, your, your reference point. It's gonna be May. No, <laughs> I mean, well, I get what you say. First of all, I break my goals down in the same way as you, uh, like break them all down into like give you a big goal and you make them smaller and smaller and smaller. I do put timelines on them as far as like three, six, uh, a year and then five year goals as well. That's kind of mm-hmm. how I do it. But I, I do get what you say about the New Year's resolutions. But I think that the problem is that people often try to make this like grand New Year's resolution, right? Where like it to me, it's a lot more effective if you're just kind of like, listen, I'm going to try to eat healthier this year, right? Maybe your goal is to like get in shape and become a bit of a healthier human being. So to me, if you set a little bit more of like a broad goal that's a little less specific, doesn't have a time period on it, and it's very easy to like, you know, maybe you eat just a couple of extra salads than you did the year before, you've you've achieved that goal of eating a bit healthier than than last year. That's kind of how I see it. Yeah, but also that's that's redactive, like. Mm. You could set a goal like, oh, I want to eat healthier. And right. then you eat a few salads and then all of a sudden, like you eat healthier, but not necessarily like if you want to eat healthier, then you have to put in the time and the sure. research to realize, OK, how am I eating that's unhealthy? Mm-hmm. What are the parts of my diet that I can remove? Yeah. What are the things that I can replace and then do that continuously to then eat healthier? Because if you're never just going to eat healthier by just introducing a few things into your diet. Like right. you have to then make it a part of your lifestyle. So it has to be continuous effort to always eat healthier. You get what I mean? Like, oh, I get it. That's yeah. why I feel like it's still, it's still no, it, there's still no point to it unless like you're very specific. Yeah. If you're, if your new year's resolutions are smart goals, mm-hmm. right. Specific, timely, attainable. I forget all the names in the acronym. Right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but all the <laughs> You're gonna make smart resolutions, yeah. Fine, sure. But if you're just gonna make a general resolution and then be like, "Oh yeah, so I went to the gym in January," mm-hmm. well, yeah, I mean, of course you gotta have follow through in life. You know what I'm saying? Like life is all about follow through. I just think that often what makes us procrastinate is that we get caught up on the idea of how big the idea is. You know what I'm saying? Like the mm-hmm. idea because like. You know, everything you're saying, uh, like, kind of scares the shit out of me where you're like, yo, it's a lifestyle set. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's easy to be like, oh, my God, I can't do this because I'm gonna, it's so difficult to get this done. So I, I, I understand what you're saying. You got the follow through. I'm just saying I think if you make it a little simpler, you're eventually going to probably fall into this place of like, yo, I ate five salads. And let me try to make it six. Let me go to the gym now. You know what I'm saying? It kind of at least gets the ball rolling a little bit, I feel like. Yeah. To a degree. It works for some people. It works for the to each their own. Sure. To each each their own. Whatever goals you set, whenever you're going to set the goals, just make sure that they're specific, attainable, timely, 
and that you, you have a plan mm. to commit to whatever it is. Otherwise, like, don't even set a goal. Just live your life. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, well, listen, let, let's talk about one of the New Year's celebrations that happened. I'm not sure if you were tuned into this one, but you had there was a lot of hype around New Year's Rock and Eve specifically, at least as far as it goes in the Latin community, because they were doing what they were calling the first ever Spanish language New Year's countdown on like broadcast television. So they were going to be live from from Puerto Rico celebrating the 500th year of San Juan. You had Rosalind Sanchez hosting. You had Daddy Yankee, who was supposed to be guest hosting as well. Um but as with most things uh, that are not planned by people of the culture, uh, it fell a bit short of the expectations that we were promised. So I'm not sure if you first, before I get into all the details, if you had a chance to check this out. I didn't have a chance to check it out. Mm. I had a very low-key New Year's. We watched okay. the movie. We turned the movie off at 11.59 so we could count down. Okay. And then we <laughs> back on. So I did it. <laughs> know what was going on in terms yeah. of I did hear like some like chitter chatter sure. on social media about this happening. Yeah. But you didn't you didn't miss anything. You probably better off for not have having tuned in because then you would have just been disappointed like I was uh and and my poor father just sitting at home miserable uh as a very yeah, proud but, Puerto Rican. Exactly. But also if you want to be proud Puerto Rican on New Year's you're just gonna have that proud Puerto Rican New Year's party. So it's either chill in the crib mm-hmm. and do something low key or be at the family party getting drunk with some heinies and some girl <laughs> about the, the Yankees in the match. <laughs> still, like that that's true. That's true. But I also think that when it comes to media, when you talk about representation when it's not, you know, consistently across the board, <laughs> moments like this are important when yeah. it comes to us having a seat at the table. And and then when they go ahead and drop the ball, so just kind of like a short, you know, story long of it all, they barely checked in maybe once or twice throughout the course of like the three hour broadcast. You know what I'm saying? And and the whole time they're checking in with L.A. and doing performances out of Los Angeles, going back and forth between New York. And they just quickly mentioned Puerto Rico. And then the big finale, 11 p.m. here on the East Coast is midnight there in Puerto Rico. They're, they're supposed to have this big finale with Daddy Yankee performing and counting down. So Daddy Yankee performs. They start doing the countdown. And literally for much of the of the East Coast, the countdown, the broadcast gets cut at three. So they don't even get to get to one and the new year. It gets cut at three and goes to the 11 o'clock news. Like it was like the most janky production. You could have had performances in Puerto Rico that they cut back and forth to. They did it. It was just a big letdown. And it's once again, it's like, man, we, we, we can't get excited about things and think that it's finally our time to shine because the people in power don't give a damn enough to give us the same resources if it was like, like if it was Taylor Swift live from Nashville would have been a completely different story. But because it's Puerto Rico and his daddy Yankee, they, they hyped it up and didn't actually deliver. Yeah. Trash. <laughs> Big I, trash emoji. Yeah, I mean, it is, but it, and it, it's just like, yeah, I mean, at this point, I don't even know what to do. Like, do we keep getting our, our hopes up that at some point we begin to get the, because they they do these things to basically just get our numbers in there, but then they don't deliver. So it's like, all right, what do we do at this point to really get people to actually give a damn uh, when we're put in those positions? We build up networks like LATV so mm-hmm. we can have our own shit. True. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, at the end of the day, that's really what it boils down to. And then we do have our little station, maybe Song and Telemundo, but even those stations are problematic and not right. inclusive. Right. So then maybe the solution is to create your own inclusive, fully Latino station that understands the nuances of Latinidad and can serve the many different groups 
that fall under the Latino umbrella. Right, right. I mean, I think that that's, that, that definitely is what I would hope for. But I would also simultaneously hope that we can also crack that barrier a little bit as well. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, when you talk about, you know, where the, the money is, where the resources are, like, unfortunately, that's where it is. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, there's a beautiful thing when it comes to Internet and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's also I think it does a disservice to our culture to not have our stories told to a wider audience. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like growing up, you you what are the family dynamics that you see? It's like it's always in Hollywood. The white family is universal for everybody, right? But if you have a show that's about black people, oh, that's only for the black market, right? That's only for a black audience that you can market it to. And to me, that's a bit of a problematic thing. And whether we realize it or not, it bleeds into the way that people see people of color outside of even television, right? Because you've kind of been, I don't want to say brainwashed, but you've kind of been tricked into thinking this is the way that the world works. And, and you kind of have, even those who aren't maybe necessarily blatantly racist, have this unknown sort of superiority just because of what they've seen on television representation and kind of the hierarchy that goes along with that. Yeah, but also when you think about, and I, and I think this is where we got to take a page from like Black media, right? Mm -hmm. Because what's going on in Black media right now is what needs to happen with Latino media. Mm. Um, and, and maybe a very different, obviously, because Latino is such a huge umbrella, right? Sure. And that's a problem in and of itself. Right. But like, Black media right now is taking the reins. Mm -hmm. You have so many black production companies coming up. Right. Black content is now universal content. Right. And there are a lot of black shows, not just recently, like the Cosby's, sorry, Cosby, mm -hmm. but the Cosby's, Wayne's World, like um, yeah. uh, all, all these Brothers, other yeah. shows, Martin, The mm -hmm. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like these are black shows. Right. That not only black audiences watch, like everybody right. named moms watch The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Right. That was a black show. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So I think, um, yes, we do want to have the invitation into the room, but at the same token, maybe we need to make the old, the stirs in our own water so that mm. they realize that there is a market for this sure. to then get invited into the room mm -hmm. instead of always trying to appease to white media and yeah. white gatekeepers and media and then be upset because we're not seeing the results that we want, right. but we're not really making the waves the way that black media is doing it. Like you take someone like Issa Rae. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Insecure is not just, yes, it's a black show, right? but everybody watches Insecure. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody watches Power. Mm-hmm. Not just black people, but that's technically a black show. Everybody right. watches blackish, grownish, uh, everything outish. I don't want to see the brownish because I think it's probably going to be trash. Yeah. But like, <laughs> everybody watches these shows. Yeah. And maybe what it requires is more solidarity amongst us mm. to then get together, pool our funds, be a more of an economic power to push right. forth the things that we want to see. Mm -hmm. um, and we're getting little trinkets here and there of things like, like for instance, Encanto that just came out, finally right. something got it right. Unfortunately, it had to be a cartoon. Sure. But boom, you see the numbers that Encanto made. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that'll like ting in somebody's ear right. and realize, oh, we need to make more inclusive content about Latinidad because mm -hmm. this content obviously makes a lot of money. Right, right. At the end of the day, money, money is the the factor that speaks to these people, right? Like you're not gonna 
you're not going to appeal to their sort of, you know, their heart at the end of the day. They don't give a damn about about it that much. But if you can give them some some ways to make money, then they're all about celebrating us and our culture. But I think that's a great point. I think that I often say this where we we can be our own worst enemy oftentimes, you know, because we don't organize in in a in a really helpful way. And and obviously it's difficult because you talk about the diversity that happens within our community and there are different needs for different cultures within the whole you know Latin umbrella. But but I, I think that even when it comes to man bringing to light, you know, when you see the violence of police against Latinos and things like that. Right. Like we're not great at organizing and in the same way that, you know, like uh, you know the black community has been. So I definitely agree with that. I think we have to get some people to really understand the value of building and, and coming together for the greater good of our, our community as a whole. Yeah. But and I, I think that also says a lot about how ununified we are as a people in general. Maybe that, that's what needs to start because sure. Latinos are not unified. Yeah. You think about even if you think about the last election. Mm-hmm. Right. They're they're com- like split, divided, yeah. conservative, liberal. Right. Mm-hmm. Even if you think about Puerto Rico right now. Yeah. Every single place in Latin America is divided. And mm-hmm. then even you think about what's going on with the racial reckoning that is happening in in Latin America sure. and. Uh, Afro Latinos asking for more visibilities, Indian, mm-hmm. uh, visibility, Indi- indigenous people asking for more visibility, and, yep. and all of these things. But then there's still issue with that. Mm-hmm. Or I'll say, for instance, I love the film In the Heights, but I mm-hmm. saw the problem with the film, sure. and I was very vocal about those issues. And everybody on that end of Latinidad is getting in my ass because. Mm-hmm. I'm showing you the problem that exists within this film, even that the film is great. Right. And then that's the issue here. Cause then you're like, Oh, Latinos always want to complain about something. Right, no, but right, Latinos right. never want to really solve the problem at home. Yeah. So that these problems that are happening in media, because within Latinidad, mm-hmm. there's too much division. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Solve the problems at home, solve the, the, the racism, the anti-blackness, mm-hmm. the violence against indigenous people, yeah. the um, <laughs> the violence against homosexuals, transsexuals, yeah. like solve all these things in Latinidad. Yeah. Yep. And then we can be one people, and then we can push forth those things. No, I think those you hit the nail on the head there, and I also think that a lot of it comes from the older generations, where they're sort of, especially when they came here, immigrated to the states a lot of their defense mechanism for survival was like, you know, don't be seen, you know what I'm saying? Don't be heard, you know, kind of stay quiet so that, you know, we don't bring too much attention to ourselves. And I think that that has kind of poisoned us a bit generationally, you know, and and you're seeing it changing a little bit with this new generation. But I think that that's kind of where that tug and pull exists, you know, where you have people of that mindset, like, yo, we should just be happy to be here. We should just be happy to be somewhat a part of the conversation. And then you have another generation who's like, you know, fuck that. Like, we should have an equal seat at the table, you know, and that's where a lot of that tug and pull kind of comes from, I think, in our in our culture as well. Yeah, definitely. And it's been passed down because mm-hmm. I find a lot of these issues that I have or that I'm going back and forth with people. Yeah. Where they're having like a lot of cognitive dis- cognitive dissonance about sure. these issues yeah. are with millennials are with mm. people my age. Mm. Right. So it's just like. I think there is like a hab a habit of mm-hmm. wanting to stay within these like traditional ways of thinking and being yeah. especially that that like 
Latinos are very traditional about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And I think that we as a people just need to be more progressive Mm. in our thinking and more empathetic to very many different experiences that happen in Latinidad. And then be in a place where you can just maybe not agree, but understand and accept. Yeah. And if that were to happen, bro, because for instance, um, a lot of Latinos are like very staunch Catholics or very strict Christians, right? right? Right. And that poses a lot of issues with the newer generation and the older generation. Yep. I'm a newer generation who's not who's not religious. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Christian. And I have a lot of issues with my Christian family members because they'll judge my lifestyle or they'll mm. judge certain things about me. And then by doing so, they ostracize me. Yeah. And that is also reflective of what happens in Latinidad as well, mm. right? Where uh you know, you have all these traditional ways of thinking and being. And then when you have more progressive thinkers, you try to ostracize, ostracize them from the yeah. group right. and dehumanize them instead of just saying, well, you are this way. Mm-hmm. I will accept you this way because you are still loved by this community. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think there there's a tremendous amount of work to be done. I think we are at like this this awkward place of like how much of the old tradition do we hang on to and how much kind of, you know, new mentality do we begin to develop, uh, you know, without losing ourselves. And I think there's this weird balance that, that most people are probably trying to find. Um, and, and obviously it's just gonna, gonna take time as frustrating as it is, but these important, these conversations are obviously incredibly important towards getting there, uh, and maybe redirecting the way that certain people think. But I think what you said, empathy is, is like the way that we all need to be leading empathy for one another and being able to kind of see each other's viewpoint, not from a place of judgment, but, you know, from a place of, of understanding um, and, and genuine interest at the end of the day, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think also a lot of education, a lot of re-education. Right, needs right. Because right. there's so much miseducation. Yeah, yeah. In our communities. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it causes for those of us who are educated about a lot of these issues so that we try to have these conversations to get to one accord. Sure. It causes a lot of emotional trauma to us to mm-hmm. always educate people in our families yeah. and our immediate friends who have a lot of these traditional ways of thinking that are mm-hmm. actually very divisive. And then in turn, they'll tell us that we're being divisive right. by you know, trying right. to re-educate them so that they can see the bigger picture. Because yeah. once you do see the bigger picture, then we can be on one accord. Otherwise, sure. we're always going to be like, right? Yeah. You know? yeah, fighting like cats and dogs. I think that's a a great way to to put it. So we've gotten into some of the the negative stuff here. Let's kind of let's get some positivity in here and celebrate some people doing positive work in our community or for our community. And we'll do that in our Mijente segment. Before that, though, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. 
Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo, riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1855 213 I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, And they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Gente. Let's uh let's kind of close out on some positivity a bit, okay? So we've been we've been going ham on some of the the negative aspects of of things relating to our culture. Um, so let let's touch on this. This was a story that was really big, where you had the truck driver in Colorado who was sentenced to 110 years in prison for an accident that ended up killing four people. Um, now he has since been uh given a reduced sentence by the governor of, of Colorado, and he's been uh, sentenced to 10 years now. Uh, and I'll, I'll read just a quick quote from from the governor. He says, uh, the length of your 110 year sentence is simply not commensurate with your actions, nor with penalties handed down to others for similar crimes. There is an urgency to remedy this unjust sentence and restore confidence in the uniformity and fairness of our criminal justice system. And consequently, I've chosen to commute your sentence now. And I, I just want to highlight this because I think, A, it's an important story, but B, shows you the power that we can have when we begin to use our voices because this all happened because of the public outrage that happened online, right? Like the the people that signed the petition, the millions of people that signed the petition, like all of this happened because of us unifying behind a cause. And there's just something so incredibly beautiful about that. And this just needs to be a lesson to us to continue to organize and get behind these different things, you know, as they inevitably happen. Yeah, and I think that calls um, into or, or that kind of shows and magnifies and 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 puts like a, a magnifying lens on how when you get different groups mm. to mobilize under one cause. Right. Because I saw a lot of different types of there were it wasn't just Latino right. outreach. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. It was. It was Latino outrage, many different types of Latino outrage, sure. right? Acknowledging that many types of Latinos exist. Yeah. It was it was black outrage. Mm -hmm. It was white outrage. Yep. 
you know, really acknowledging the the injustice of serving a sentence when you did something that was like not really in your control and you have people who are committing crimes Mm -hmm. that was 100 percent in their control. Right. Right. Serving those time. You know what I mean? Um, And I think if we were to mobilize that way for all causes, Mm -hmm. if we were to unify that way for all causes, then we'd get a lot more done. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that that's that's a fact. And I think that you you also brought up a great point of it wasn't just the Latin community. Right. Like it was it was people collectively saying, like, this is a human being, regardless of ethnicity, racial background, whatever the case may be, black, white, yellow. Like this is an atrocity and this needs to be stopped. Something needs to be done about it. And I think, you know, that is kind of that empathy that we're all searching for and we all know is necessary to to make the changes that we want to happen you know, in our communities and also in this country. So I think that's a, a, a really great point. And, and on to that token, the last thing I want to point out was um, the, the case of Vanessa Guillen, who was the soldier who was um, sexually harassed in Texas, then uh, sadly, ultimately was, was murdered, um, that Biden has actually signed an act called the Vanessa Guillen Act. And under this new law, uh, the decision to prosecute sexual assault and sexual harassment uh, in the military will be made with outside parties. So the military will not be responsible for policing themselves, um, essentially, when something like this is reported. And and that's just a, a huge kind of thing, because this this whole this case is, is terrible that it happened to her. You know, she she reported it to her superior officers and, and they did nothing about it. So something like this is is huge. Um, and and it's just something that needs to be spoken about. And we need to you know celebrate when, when good things like this happen that. Um, you know, hopefully the right thing will be done. You know, God forbid this happens in the future to somebody. Yeah, definitely. Because a lot of people don't even realize when you look at numbers and statistics, Mm -hmm. it's like, wow, you see how much more um, sexual harassment, rape, forceful touching, all of that. It happens a lot more in the military Mm. than it happens in, you know, the the general population. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is obviously a problem there. Yeah. So for Biden to have taken the steps to say, we can't let you guys police yourselves yeah. because you've been sweeping this under the rug for too long. Sure. And this justice needs to be served is like applaud. Yeah. Yeah. But I think also this kind of calls into question um, really undoing a lot of the toxic masculinity that exists sure. within like the Western hemisphere. Yeah. In all all cultures of the Western Hemisphere, Absolutely. we shouldn't even have to be passing these types of laws. Mm-hmm. Like women should be able to go into the military and not feel like I might get raped and killed. Yeah. You get what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, like, absolutely. Or or even the case with the young girl in Florida. I'm forgetting her name. Mm-hmm. Where the maintenance man? Oh yeah, raped and killed her. Right. You know, we should be able to feel safe in in these spaces. Mm. And a lot of that has to do with undoing like that toxic masculine culture that feels as if they need to dominate over a woman. Yeah. And and unfortunately, that also bleeds into the police's responses to a lot of these cases, you know, because sexual, you know, assault, harassment, you know, most of it goes unreported. But even the ones that do go reported, most of them go uncharged. You know what I mean? Like, the, the police aren't super helpful in that. And there, there definitely is a bit of that toxic masculinity, you know, 
that you you speak of that that happens within there. You know what I mean? Whether it's like trying to insinuate that the woman was asking for it or something like that. You know, um, these are all common narratives that we hear and that we unfortunately as a culture have have accepted as normal, right? Like as normal things that are okay to say in these cases, rather than actually you know policing uh, you know the the men who are committing these crimes and teaching our our mm-hmm. boys not to do these things. You know what I'm saying? Um, so there's a lot that that needs to happen. And I hope that this is just like the beginning of that. I mean, I would love to see, you know, like a, a special kind of outside of the police force type of units um, that handle just specifically these types of cases, you know, that really give women a, a fighting shot at getting justice, you know, when they've been unfortunately victimized uh, at the hands of, of, of a man. Yeah, um, me too. And it starts really with us, mm-hmm. you know, like you said. Because even there are certain like things that happen within dating yeah. that are that is like OD violation. Mm-hmm. Like there have been instances this year where I've like been dating someone and maybe, you know, hung out with them after a certain hour, they would assume that, you know, something was gonna go down sure. and they would force themselves on me. And I'm like, first of all, don't get punched in your face. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But like it it's just so crazy that these assumptions exist and they're normalized right. in dating culture. Right, right. And that really also needs to start being dismantled. Mm-hmm. Um, there needs to be much more specificity when we talk about consent yeah. Yeah. and these things. Um, and I just wish there wasn't so much pushback. Because, mm-hmm. for instance, like I, I remember I put up a post. I don't like being called sexy. Mm. By anybody who I'm not having sex with. Sure. Don't call me sexy. Right. Like, I don't like that. And you had to see the comments of the men in my post mm. saying, like, oh, now sexy's not a compliment. Oh, you feminists are crazy. And sure. got going crazy mm-hmm. over this. Instead of just respecting that, I feel like when you compliment me with this word, you are sexualizing me. Mm. And I would prefer for you not to use this word sure. and just to respect that. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it, it's pretty self-explanatory. Right. It seems like it should be a very simple lesson. Unfortunately, as men, we weren't given the proper role models. You know what I mean? We weren't taught these things. We weren't having these important conversations, you know, um, and it just created generation upon generation of men who who act in, in certain ways. And, you know, I mean, listen, I've had to have reckoning with myself of different, you know, um, things that I learned growing up or had from friend groups and things like that, that just is inappropriate when you're talking about interacting with a woman, you know, but yeah, it, it definitely takes men having to be open and, and being, you know, understanding that you're not necessarily under attack, but you have to understand that there has been so much things that we have normalized that just are incredibly toxic and lead to women feeling unsafe, you know? Um, and, and it's just, you know, again, like you said, starts with these types of conversations. And I think, you know, for, for any man out there who likes to claim that, you know, somebody like yourself is being too woke with something like that. I think you have to just put your guard down for a second. And again, that word empathy and think about where is this person coming from? Like, why, why do they feel that way? Why is this such a, a trigger? Why does this make them feel uncomfortable? You know, and they're, I'm sure, you know, there's plenty of reasons why you could give them, you know, that uh, you've interactions you've had with men in the past or the case would be as to why something like this would make you feel uncomfortable. And it just begins with being open to conversations and understanding that just because we were taught something growing up doesn't mean that it's 
you know, a by, you know, it's the fact that can never be changed. You know what I mean? We were taught a lot of things that aren't right. And we have to kind of do that work on ourselves to kind of undo some of those, those toxic things we've been taught generationally. Yeah, definitely. And just to say this, because somebody's going to say some dumb shit. Hmm. I think it goes both ways. Yeah. I think when women sexualize men, that's also not right. 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 Because I know some women that be sliding in my homeboy DMs because <laughs> I have a lot of celebrity homeboys mm-hmm. and the DMs be wild crazy. Yeah. Like, e- even even crazy. the idea of like, you know, um, you know, like, oh, you're a man, suck it up. You know what I'm saying? Like that idea creates the to- a lot of toxic masculinity because this idea that we have to always be tough. We can't be vulnerable. And then we begin to compensate for that by acting out and do, you know, doing stupid things, you know. So, yeah, it definitely does does go both ways. And I appreciate you kind of bringing that that point up as well. I think both of both sides, both men and women have to kind of do some work uh, on ourselves and some of the, the things that we've been taught and, and undo some of those teachings that are wired within us. Yeah, it, it starts with a conversation. But listen, I, I want I want you to touch on on your show, Black Penny Dot. Let people know what, what that's about. Uh, you know, I know you, you've been working hard on that. Uh, for what the last year or so, if I'm not mistaken. So what what's the what's the deal with the show for people who haven't tapped in yet? So the show Black Dinidad is is kind of what it sounds like. Black yeah. Tinos. <laughs> and really <laughs> the whole point of the show was to educate and to amplify black stories. Mm-hmm. And um I am a person of mixed race who obviously has a significant amount of African ancestry. I'm Latino and I've had mm-hmm. issues not necessarily on the East Coast, because there's a lot of us over there, but on the West sure. Coast with um, people not acknowledging my Latinidad. And then also mm. being a dancer and an actress, being in spaces where I wasn't seen as Latino. I was just either mm-hmm. ethnically ambiguous or Black. And nothing mm. wrong with being Black, but when I would look over in a lot of like the Latino spaces, I see the street of yeah. European dancers there with dark hair right. and olive skin. And I'm like, why are right. these French girls in the space that should be for the women like me? And then also mm-hmm. I would see that there would be no, no black or maybe one tokenized black representation in, sure. in the Latino spaces in dance. And so mm-hmm. we started this show because a lot of people don't recognize blackness in Latinidad. Mm-hmm. And how important of a role it plays in the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, how many heroes we have that are like Black Latinos, or how much we overlook Black Latinos, even in media, and just associate them with mm-hmm. Black American. Um, mm-hmm. And really, just educating people on these stories and these experiences, so that we go back to that word, so that empathy yeah. can exist within mm-hmm. us as a culture to realize that the black experience in Latin America is something that needs to be acknowledged and mm-hmm. these issues that happen in Latin America in race, the ones that we like to ignore by saying like we are these three races or we are yeah, one yeah. race or we are right, the right. color can kind of yeah. be dismantled. So we could really, really work on the issues that still are existing and be Mm -hmm. that one race that we claim Mm -hmm. to be sure i love that very well said on la tv of course uh where can people follow you if they want to want to catch up you can follow me um melanie moves on instagram um melanie's with a y m-e-l-a-n-y moves with a z m-o-v-e-z so melanie moves on instagram okay 
And that's pretty much it. Don't follow me on Facebook because I'm not going to follow you back. <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter, keep I don't tell nobody on Twitter. Though. I got an incog name on Twitter so that I can talk <laughs> shit and be reckless on Twitter. So okay. from <laughs> just find me on Instagram. I love it. Listen, it's been a pleasure getting to, to reconnect and have you here on the show. And of course, wishing you nothing but the best. Yes. All right. Peace out. Man, big shout out once again to Melanie for hopping on today's episode. I really enjoyed that that conversation. I thought it was a really, really important one to have for our community. And like I said before, no ask a gringo for today's show. So let's kind of tie everything up. So let's kind of tie everything up that we talked about today in a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusion Stew. All right, you know what? Actually, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey, everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and we're reflecting on what matters most. I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of My Cultura Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you get your podcasts. Time for All right, y'all. So I think for me at the core of today's episode is is empathy, right? I think that was like the key word of, of our conversation, my conversation with Melanie and how we just need to have more of it, you know, as a community, having more of it for one another, as human beings, of course, having more of it for one another to, to be able to support each other and do the right thing. And that that word support is incredibly important as well, because 
I, I really do feel like that is what is holding our community back from really taking advantage of, of this moment that we're having right now. I mean, look, you, you see what happens when we leave it up to others. We see the botched uh, New Year's Eve uh, show that that uh, that that was, you know, because we left it up to people outside of our community who just aren't going to give a damn about it as much as we do. They're not going to care about it as much as we do. They're not going to have as much pride for it as we do. So we have to collectively come together and then also support one another when when projects do get released, um, help uplift each other's voices. It's just, you know, all of the above are incredibly important to making sure that we have a seat at the table. And I also want to comment on kind of where we left it off, um, you know, with with Melanie was this this idea of a lot of the toxic behaviors that many of us grew up on or the toxic, uh, you know, sort of teachings that we all grew up on. It's important that we allow ourselves to to have an open mind, to have and the ability to listen to a conversation that we may not have had before or to allow ourselves to be challenged to possibly think a different way than we've thought before. You know, I say this as a man, there are so many toxic things that that I grew up with that, you know, are, are, are really just not helpful and have led to moments of toxic masculinity, even within myself. And I'm grateful that I've had so many people to kind of open my eyes to that around me, you know, my girlfriend being one of them to kind of, you know, show me a different perspective and 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 have the openness to to have certain conversations that were difficult, you know. And I think that's what we all have to do, just have the openness to have some of those difficult conversations, you know, to not take it personally if somebody's pointing out something we're doing wrong, but to be open and 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 have an open heart to hearing where they are coming from. So just some food for thought for you going into this this weekend. And with that said, man, thank y'all so much for tuning into another episode. We'll be back on Tuesday. Until then, man, be safe out there in these crazy times. And I'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Tura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocócica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita prevnar 20 españolcom With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.